You're listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author Sarah Box, where you get the inside scoop on the steps action takers and decision makers take to align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. We focus on the mantra, no labels, no limits, no excuses. Each week, you'll hear from remarkable guests who have overcome challenges and obstacles to succeed in the face of adversity. By listening to their stories, you'll get practical tips, tools, and resources you can implement today to bust through your own internalized prisons of worry and doubt. And now, without further ado, please welcome your commanding coach with plenty of chutzpah and heart, Sarah Box. Welcome everyone to this episode of the No Labels, No Limits podcast, a podcast all about meeting action takers and decision makers like you who are committed to living their purpose while they're aligned to their principles and values. And as a result, they achieve their goals in business and life. I'm your host, Sarah Box from Sarah Box Coaching and Consulting. I'm a former executive director, best-selling author of The Changemaker Ripple Effect, and founder of the Intentional Nonprofit Leaders Community, where we help successful and exhausted, stressed, and overextended nonprofit executives regain time, implement a stress-free systematic process that creates a strong board and staff so that they can do the work they are meant to do. And I'm here to tell you that the life you want is possible with the right support, mindset, and persistence. With that in mind, on today's podcast, I am really excited to introduce you to a special guest, Rebecca Thompson. Now, Rebecca is an experienced speaker, writer, consultant, facilitator, and coach with more than 30 years in the manufacturing, aerospace, and healthcare industries. She has worked with such companies as Eastman Kodak, General Motors, Blue Cross Blue Shield, North Carolina, and primarily in the fields of leadership and team development. That does not even touch the surface of what is exciting to me about Rebecca Thompson. Today, she is the principal of Evolve Without Limits, a coaching and consulting practice. Do you get the link here? No labels, no limits, Evolve Without Limits. I think we're going to really love this interview. (laughs) She sounds pretty great, but that's still just part of her story because beneath the surface and all of those um, kind of high qualifications and skills that she brings to the table, um, Rebecca actually courageously walked a path to emerge into the life that she has today. And you're going to learn about that in today's episode. We're going to find out what was really going on when the world who saw her as a successful engineer and mom started to fall apart and she discovered more of what was going on in her life, how she overcame her challenges to, and also on the way became a a Reiki master, certified crystal therapist and shamanic coach. I'm totally intrigued. And the impact of her talks with the moon, super intrigued. So now let's welcome our guest, Rebecca Thompson. And Rebecca, before we dive in to the full interview with you, I wanted to ask you, is there a single thing that you do, a ritual or a habit that you have that um, you practice that keeps you headed and focused on your big vision or goal? You know, Sarah, I would say for me, it's journaling. 
I've been journaling not every single day, but most days for many, many years. And it kind of helps me clear all the junk out of my head and slows me down because just getting it from the jumble of thoughts in my head out through the pen um, kind of helps me slow down my thoughts a little bit. So I, it's almost a meditative type of practice for me to spend some time every day journaling. So because I'm nosy and always have questions, do you have a specific format that you use for journaling? Like, do you just freeform journal? Do you talk with yourself your or your higher self? Or do you have a series of questions or things that you do habitually in your journaling? No, it's pretty, pretty random. I mean, sometimes it's just a, a list of the things I did. It's like a record of what's going on in my life just to kind of keep track of what's what's going on. Sometimes it's uh, to kind of explore a question or a decision, you know, kind of the pros and the cons or what are all the voices in my head saying. So it, it can be anything, really just whatever's swimming around in my head, just trying to get that out of there and slow me down a little bit, calm me down. And when that's done, and is that a morning practice for you then? Typically in the morning, yes. Typically. Not always, but typically. So when that's done, what does that do for you in terms of like, how do you feel or experience your day differently as a result of that? I feel much calmer. I'm one of those people that has that monkey mind, you know, a lot of chatter going on in my head all the time. So I'm just getting some of that out. And like I said, it it slows down my thinking so that I'm not all a flutter, you know, I'm, I'm calmer. I would say I'm calmer as a result of that practice. Oh, calm is such a nice thing. Um, (laughs) So let's go back and do some context for the folks who are joining us and for me as well, because the life you have today emerged from just things that had gotten kind of where you weren't living. I would say you were more boxed into a more limited version of yourself. What was the position that you found yourself in that prompted you? to go on your personal journey of transformation? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, I grew up in a small town, Western Pennsylvania. Um, was just a very uh, ordinary girl. and went off to college at Penn State and um, met and married my college sweetheart. And we were both engineering students and we both got jobs in Rochester, New York. And so we moved up there and we were just kind of living the American dream. You know, we bought a house and got a dog and literally put up a white picket fence. And we started raising three babies and everything was just going great. You know, it was what I had expected before my life and everything was sort of going according to plan until it wasn't, right? As often happens. So uh, my engineer, then husband, decided he wanted to start his own business and that went great for a while. And then the economy took a turn and his clients weren't paying their bills. And so then we weren't paying our bills and he started to drink heavily. And I came from a family of not drinking. So I wasn't really familiar with alcohol and the signs of alcoholism or anything like that. And we'd gone to Penn State and drank quite a lot there as students, you know, as as college students often do. And at the time I thought it was cool because I had come from a, a place of not drinking and it was just new and it was fun. Um, so I didn't really notice, you know, so much. I, I didn't see, it, it took a long time for me to see signs that it was a problem. So I would say I was probably in denial for a while. In fact, a friend had to point out to me that 
you know, I think your, your husband might be, have a problem because her father was an alcoholic. And so she could see some things and, and she helped me out, but it started to impact us financially. It impacted our relationship. And we ultimately, um, he, he closed his business and he took a job. He was a very good engineer, good at what he did. And he had a good reputation. Um, so he, it was fairly easy for him to get a job. Um, but we ended up moving out of state. And so here I was in a new state, new city, didn't know a single soul and worried about my husband's increasing alcoholism and, you know, uh, getting my started with my own new career in a new city. Um, so just a lot, of things. And I was um, increasingly confused and frustrated and wondering what I should do with my life. And I came from this background of you should be married for life and you should stand by your man no matter what and just work it out and figure it out. So I had a lot of um, belief systems that were telling me that, you know, that you just got to stick it out and you just <laughs> suck it up. Right. Um, so I, I didn't see a different vision for myself because I did not think something different was possible. So that's where I was. Well, so you said someone helped point that out to you that there might be something bigger going on than you recognized for yourself. But what did you do? Like, what was one of your first steps um, to start moving beyond that? Because those are powerful beliefs that could keep you locked into yeah. doing nothing and to just go, let's wait, let's wait and see if it gets better. And that's actually what I did for a really long time. And he would change jobs and we would move and I would think, okay, it's a fresh start. This is great. Everything's going to be fine now, you know, <laughs> more denial. Um, so I'd let that go a long time. And I just tried to keep all the balls in the air, tried to keep the bills paid and manage my own career. And I thought, uh, you know, I'd try to manage him. I'd try to count how many beers he's drinking every day. Or I'd try to keep him busy so that he couldn't drink. And, you know, I uh, tried to very codependent behavior, you know, trying to fix everything and manage everything on my own. But what got me started down my spiritual journey path, and I wouldn't have called it that then, I had no language for spiritual journey. Um, but I, I had moved to a new community and I just wanted to meet people and make some friends and get involved in the community. And so um, my daughter and I were doing some volunteer work and a woman that we met it, as a result of that, invited us to a dowsing class. That was the very first thing. And um, and we didn't know anything about dowsing. I'd never heard of it other than, is that what you do with a fork stick to find water? I mean, that, that was the only context I had for the word dowsing. So it was, it was just completely unfamiliar, but we liked this woman that invited us to the class and we thought it would be fun and interesting and worst case, it'd be a good story, you know? Uh, so off we went to this class and, and that was the very beginning and just the start of a whole series of adventures. So I'm going to tell you my experience with dowsing is limited to Western TV shows. Ah, okay, so there means, you go. See, right, yeah. <laughs> which means it's not, it doesn't exist. Maybe a little bit more than that, but not much. So, will you share with all of us, myself included, what is it? Sure. So, uh, what I found out on my one day uh, dowsing class, we went to her home, and she explained to us that it is, a, it's a divination practice. So it's a, a way to find answers to your questions using energy that comes up from the earth um, through your body. 
And uh, of course, I was very skeptical. I had never been exposed to anything metaphysical whatsoever, you know, very narrow background. And I just thought, yikes, I don't, I don't have any special powers to be able to do this. It's not going to work. I can't do it. This is crazy. I mean, those were all the things that were going through my head. And I'm thinking, what am I even doing here? Um, but she, the woman presented us each with a set of dowsing rods. So they're um, kind of straight metal rods, each on a handle, and they swing freely on these handles. And the idea is you ask a yes or no question, and the rods will swing in a certain way if it's a yes, and they'll swing in a different way if it's a no. And so it's the, the positions of the rods will differ depending on the individual. So our first instruction was to just take our rods and go off in a corner and work with them to find out our own personal yes or no response coming from these rods. And so I was thinking, well, it's not going to work. The rods are not going to do anything for me because I don't have any superpowers. <laughs> so I thought... I'm going to go play with them for five minutes and then I'll gather up my daughter and I'll tell the hostess, thank you very much for having us, but this isn't really my thing. You know, that's, that is truly what I thought would happen. Um, but I went off in my corner and I did what she had instructed us to do. And to my astonishment, um, the Raz responded in the way that she had described. And I, you know, I said, show me a yes. And sure enough, both rods moved in a certain way. And I thought I did that right? I, I wiggled them. I'm, I did that somehow. And so I kept <laughs> repeating it over and over and it still kept occurring. And then I did the other, show me a no. And they moved in a completely different way. And I, thought, ah, I you know, am I doing this? What is, how is this happening? But it, it was very consistent. And then you start to ask questions, yes or no questions. And you, you start by practicing with things that are easily verifiable. Like, will I see my daughter today? <laughs> you know, and I, cause my daughter and she's was in the same room. And she's the same room. Yeah. So <laughs> will I see my son? He's away at college. So the answer is probably no, I won't see him, you know, so things like that. And so you, you start to kind of build up your ability to do this, but, um, I didn't really stay with dowsing so much, but I was hooked on this idea that energy has movement and can tell us things. <laughs> I was just just a, a, just fascinated with that idea. And the next thing, um, as a result of that class, right at the end of that class, we were invited to come to a Reiki class. And I, again, I did not know anything about Reiki, but it's the, about the movement of energy through your body to help promote um, stress relief, relaxation, and to promote healing. And I was very intrigued by that idea and went off to the class and, and that I just fell in love with. And I went on to take the three levels of training that lead to you becoming a Reiki master so that you can practice it and you can teach others to practice it and just, just have seen amazing results from that. And so I really, really was hooked. Mm -hmm. To me, it seems so congruent with your background as an engineer, though, because, you know, you think about what does it take, whether depending on the type of engineering, there's still that thing about energy and structure and how things connect. And um, you just moved into a whole nother realm with it. Yeah, I actually love finding that intersection between science and the metaphysical because of most of my life I I thought there was no connection between the two. And then so something like crystals, you know, and you mentioned in my background that um I have studied to be a crystal therapist and at first uh, when I first thought about crystals I thought well that's just superstition that you you know you carry a crystal for good luck or you know whatever and uh, did not see any scientific connection but uh, again as as you said it's all about energy and 
crystals vibrate at a certain level because we're all made of atoms and molecules. Everything's made of atoms and molecules that vibrate. And because crystals have a more stable structure, they're solids, they vibrate at a different frequency than we do being mostly made of water. And because they're more stable, they have uh, an influence over a less stable molecular structure. And so there are properties of crystals that will influence us as humans. So it's it's, uh, scientifically you know, plausible (laughs) that crystals have properties that will influence us. So it's exciting to me to find those connections. I love that. So before we move on a little bit, because I want to keep talking about kind of your transformation and um, I do have some other questions. I just want to know how far did your daughter go with you on this journey? Was she out after the dowsing or did she go back to do the Reiki with you? She did. She thought nothing of the dowsing. She thought it was really dumb, to be honest. And <laughs> she just thought it was the dumbest thing. And she, but she was so cool because she, she's very smart. And she said, I don't need this to answer my questions. I can just rely on my own intuition. And I thought, wow, because... I never relied on my own intuition. <laughs> I thought I need all the help I can get. But here's this kid and she was like 16 at the time, maybe. And she she's like, eh, I don't need that. I'm good. But she did go on to take Reiki and she took the Reiki one and two level classes with me and she really liked it. And I thought she would continue to practice, but um, she went off to college the next year and I was taking the Reiki master training. She was in college, but um, her degrees are in astrophysics and physics and math. And um, she's very science oriented and she's sort of kind of denied the metaphysical now and you know doesn't doesn't claim to see the connections <laughs> but so far. Uh, I just laugh because I know it's all it's all one it's all the same so it doesn't matter whether she denies it or not it's all it's all there you know well and if she trusts her intuition so much she doesn't have to verbalize it she's already living it so yeah yeah that's kind of cool <laughs> Sounds like she's already doing fine. Um, Yes. So when you were going through all of that, um, you know, the really the tough stuff, and I don't want to underestimate or underplay how difficult that is to recognize that you're in a relationship that is hard to even see your way out of, especially when you care for someone so much and you're trying to manage others, which of course doesn't really work. But um, (laughs) did what did you get out of that like what what was one of the things about or a limiting belief that you had to confront and what was something that you learned about yourself maybe that surprised you that made you appreciate your own true brilliance mm. <laughs> i think the thing i've learned the most is that i have power and strength that i had no idea that i had and i did not know that I could change my life. I didn't know, you know, I used to say, I was afraid. I was afraid to leave my husband because I had never lived on my own. We got married right out of college. So I went from my parents' home to college to my married home and never had lived by myself. And so I was afraid to do that. And I didn't know if I could. And a friend of mine later who was going through this side by side with me kind of, you know, was she told me later that she would be so frustrated when I would say that because she could see that I was already managing everything. You know, I was running the household and paying the bills and managing my career and raising the kids and he's off 
drinking, you know? And she's like, how can you not see that you are already doing all this? And, but you're in it and you don't see it and you feel powerless and weak and scared and frustrated. And so you're not seeing how much you're really able to do. And looking back, I can see it, but in it, I couldn't. Tired of feeling stuck and ending with the same result? Want to know how Sarah can help you with one-on-one or organizational coaching? Then book your free discovery call at sarahbox.com forward slash contact. Now back to the show. Well, before we went live and started recording, you, you shared with me kind of when you went to see a counselor and she started you doing something totally unexpected. Like you went in expecting you were going to go through this whole, like, tell me your story kind of thing. But yes. yet you got something different and that seemed to be like open you up in a different way. Can you share that? Sure. So I went to see what was called a spiritual counselor, spiritual coach. And again, I didn't really know what that was, but I had met her through the Reiki class. Everything led to another like pearls on a string. And so that was the next thing. And I went to, I, and she was talking about some things that she did and it just gave me a strong intuitive feeling that I had some things that needed to be taken care of. So I made an appointment to go see her and yes, it started out and, you know, and I'd been to traditional therapists and coaches. And so I was expecting it. I didn't know what I was expecting, but it started out the same in terms of, she asked me about my life and what were the presenting problems. And so I went through my whole spiel and, and, um, she said, uh, and then I thought, here we go. She's just going to tell me to journal about it, you know, and I'll go home and that'll be that. But instead, she said, let's get rid of some of those bad feelings. And I thought, whoa, that's different. You know, nobody's ever said right here and now in the moment, we're going to get rid of some of these bad feelings. And I, my bad feelings were about being lonely, even though my husband was at home because he would just drink and pass out and basically didn't have a relationship, right? So she she had me talk about the wording of that statement till it really, she's like, I want you to be at a 10 out of 10 in how bad this feels, you know? And so we got to the the statement that was, you know, I feel alone, even when my husband's at home. And she said, we're going to do something. No, she just said, she didn't tell me what it was called. She just said, just do what I do. And she started with her fingertips tapping on the top of her head and then tapping on her forehead and her eyebrows and her cheekbones. And I thought, what is she doing? And she said, just do what I do. Just follow me. Just do what I do. And she went through this whole sequence of, you know, tapping on different uh, body parts. And so I started doing it and we did this for a while. And then she said, okay, you know, let's say that statement again. How do you feel now? Is it still 10 out of 10? And I was like, no, it's more like a six. And she's like, let's keep going. <laughs> okay. So we just kept doing that for a while. And she'd check in every once in a while until it was a one and like, okay, let's do it a few more times. And when the last time when it was at a zero, I, mean, I just burst out laughing because the statement, when I said it had no emotion whatsoever in, in it and it was a zero and it, it just was so great. It was so freeing. And, you know, again, it's um, based on principles of acupuncture and the meridians and the pressure points in the body and energy gets trapped there, you know, and these, these statements and these bad feelings are, they're all energy and they're stored in us. And if we can release that, then, then we're free, we're free of it. So there's uh, medical science behind that as well. And I had no idea. And so it's, it's, um, there's two different 
terms for that. There's emotional freedom technique, and then there's thought field therapy. So EFT and TFT, they're slightly different, but um, same basic principle. Of releasing the energy. Yes, exactly. So yeah, those are two other tools that are out there. And I still do that sometimes, you know, if I find myself worrying about something or just like, you know, something's in my brain that I can't get rid of. It's like, let's just, let's just tap on that for a while. And it's just, it's actually just very relaxing to just do that. You know, whether you have a thought in mind or not, but just, you know, go through kind of a a nice little sequence of of tapping. It feels good. So I want to ask a little bit more, not in any particular order, but I noticed from researching you that you also um, work in your practice. So as a coach, you work with folks much in the way that you got helped, right? Thinking about life purpose and planning, but you have some other services that are... um, closer to the dowsing for folks who aren't Mm. used to that, right? So you also include the potential for folks to have spirit animal readings, shamanic journeying, or distance Reiki treatments. And I'm curious if you would share a little bit about each of those. Um, And I know you do the MBTI, so I have a question for you about that once we're done with these. Okay, okay. I'm full of questions. So great. So all of these services are kind of a marrying of my my corporate experience of many years and my studies in the metaphysical world. And for a long time, I thought that those two things couldn't meet up. You know, I had a foot in the corporate world for many years and was an executive coach and um, did leadership development training and team building and never brought in my Uh, metaphysical side. You know, I didn't know what people would think of that and people would think it was weird or whatever. Um, And, but I learned a lot of great techniques by doing that and became certified in the MBTI, which I love. And I I have other assessments that I use as well and and just really enjoy that kind of work. Um, But meanwhile, I was doing this spiritual exploration and um, I'll talk about the distance Reiki first, since we already have started talking about Reiki a little bit. Um, part of the uh, level two training was around doing distance treatments. And um, so, you know, if you don't believe in the concept of space and time, <laughs> it's pretty easy to um, be able to visualize sending energy to a distant location. And I, again, I, I kind of approach everything. It seems like I go into everything as a skeptic, but maybe that's healthy. And then it has to be proven to me. But, uh, you know, we were in a, a group Reiki class and we were split into two groups, but we were partnered with someone from the other group and one group was in one room and one group was in the other. And you were asked to do a Reiki treatment on someone that was in a different room in the other group and you were not able to touch them. You could use a proxy like a stuffed animal, you know, something like that, but you would be visualizing that person and the whole treatment you were giving them. And then that group came back in the room and they were like, that was amazing. I felt everything. And, and then it happened to me. I had the treatment done on me by someone who was in another room and I felt every part of it. And it was just as though someone were doing the treatment in the same room on me. So um, I was amazed. And I still have someone that I went through the Reiki master training with. I live in Southern California, but she lives in North Carolina. And we still do distance treatments on each other. Like, especially if, if one of us is really stressed out or is having a medical problem or something, she'll just like... Facebook message me and said, will you do a treatment for me sometime this weekend, you know, and we'll agree on a time. And, and she'll know, she'll like, she'll text me and be like, I knew exactly when you started and exactly when you stopped. So it's just truly amazing. That was my question for you, because when you were in separate rooms, there wasn't like, okay, this is 
exactly what I'm going to do for you. None of that was communicated ahead of time. No, no, we had no idea. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's something. That's pretty cool. It's uh, yeah. So I, I offered that as a service and you know, people want to try that out. It's really pretty cool. It's very relaxing and you just feel relaxed and warm and, and um, comfortable and it's nice. It's, it's like a massage, but without the pressure of, massage. you know, it's, it's just a relaxing kind of warmth feeling. Well, and today will we have to social distance? Mm. Exactly. <laughs> it's perfect for social distancing, Reiki, distance Reiki treatments. Yes, absolutely. Um, so you'd ask about that. And then, um, what else were we talking about? The so shamanic, shamanic training. Either both. Yeah. So I, as part of my corporate life, I was taking a program to become a corporate coach, an executive coach. And I met just so many wonderful and interesting people. And I met this woman who was doing um, spirit animal uh, readings and coaching as a, what, was, what would I say? It was um, branding for brands. <laughs> she was doing to help you with your business, finding a spirit animal for you that would help you with your business. So it was kind of interesting. She's a a marketing person, but she was also um, a Harvard trained biologist. So she actually used her, her science of the biological animal kingdom um, and married that with her metaphysical uh, life and created this whole process around identifying a spirit animal for you. And, you know, uh, there are spirit animals that are with us for our entire lives. And then there are spirit animals that can come in and just bring you a message about something specific. So her focus was around uh, spirit animal for your business. And so uh, I went through her process and learned about that. And then through a year long shamanic coaching program with her and learned about shamanic journeying and how to uh, help people find spirit animals or to help go through guided meditation with them. They can find their own spirit animal or you can journey on their behalf and find it for them and get, go get messages for them, depending on the person's comfort level and what they want. Um, so I can do either of those things. And uh, I still, consult with my primary spirit animals regularly and I've had other ones come in that are totally unexpected (laughs) with messages. Um, Can I ask what your primary animals are? My primary is rhinoceros. It's my primary spirit animal and I have been with, well, he's always been with me, but I've been aware of him for about six years or so, maybe even longer. I was doing a meditation with my teacher and she said, oh, that's, you know, she's just kind of an uncommon one. But the message he had for me was walk as me. And if you think of rhinoceros, they're just they are slow and steady paced, very sure-footed. They have no natural predators. They, they don't have any reason to be afraid of anything other than humans, unfortunately. Um, but they're just very strong and um, they can be fast if they need to be. If they're threatened, they will charge. But in general, they just kind of, you know, lumber through life and have no fears, you know? And uh, so that was the message I got. I was like, you know, just, just don't be afraid. You know, you've got nothing to be afraid of and you're strong and you're you just, you're fine. <laughs> so I call that's, on that a lot. <laughs> that's totally cool. And, but you talked about starting to do this. Did you ever bring this work into your corporate life? You know, the more metaphysical? Yes. So I have been starting to do that. I'm still doing some corporate team building and some um, coaching with uh, high potential um, leaders, young, younger, high potential leaders. And, um, 
Yeah, we've been doing some cool things. We will do guided meditations, sometimes at the beginning of a workshop to sort of, you know, everybody's been traveling and is rushed getting to the location. This is when, you know, before COVID, when we were physically gathering, we would, we would just kind of set the tone and calm everybody down. And here we are all in this room and, you know, we're, let's accept what we're here to learn. And, you know, so it's very nice to set the tone with a guided meditation. And then at the end of the week too, we would do the same thing to kind of like seal in the learning and send everybody off safe travels. And it's, it's lovely to start to be able to do that. And I've done some things with spirit animals. I have some spirit animal cards and didn't call it spirit animals, but just as a, maybe an icebreaker kind of exercise, have everybody pick a card of an animal that is jumping out at them right then. And what, what is this animal saying to you today? You know? And so people just, whatever, whatever comes up for them, they can talk about, and it doesn't, you don't have to use the spare animal terminology, but it's just a way of kind of bringing that kind of stuff in and marrying those worlds. And it feels good. It's interesting to hear you speak about that. And I think I could have a whole other conversation, a total show only on that. (laughs) And one of the things that had happened to me, this has been years ago, um, but this gal I worked with, who is a member of the here out west, the Washoe Shoshone tribe. Mm-hmm. We were we worked together. Unfortunately, she passed away from cancer, but we were doing some work together. And she said, you know, have you ever noticed that you're always surrounded by birds? And I go, not really. <laughs> she says, pay attention. She goes, we've been traveling. You always have hawks. And, and when we've been other places, some even bigger birds. And um, I said, okay. And she goes, just pay attention. She didn't give me any more information than that. But it was interesting that, I mean, because she paid attention better than I did to those things. Um, But it was pretty um, interesting. And it did, you know, kind of set me back a little bit because I'm thinking, well, okay, you know, they're predators, they're tough, and they're free. Yes. I have no idea what all of that means, like how you would interpret it. But for me, I'm going, thanks. I like that. Yeah, that's good. And it actually, I do encourage people to interpret it for themselves. And how I was taught was, you know, not worry so much about, you know, you can, you can look up websites where it explains the meaning of a particular animal. But uh, my teacher would have, coming from biology, would have done exactly what you did. Think about what are the actual characteristics of that animal and what can they tell you about your own life and about who you are and who you want to be and what strengths can you draw from them? So the fact that, you know, yeah, they're free, you know, and they're, yeah, they're predators, but you know, what, (laughs) what does that mean? You know, maybe it's getting your talent, you can really sink your talents into something or, you know, I don't, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of places you could go with that, but. Absolutely. (laughs) Trust me, I'm pretty sure I've been there. We could, (laughs) we absolutely could. Hey, so I do want you to talk as we wrap this up. I want you to talk about your conversations with the moon. So that, and then I have um, two more short questions for you. Okay. So what were those? So that was really another one of the things that set me on a different path from, you know, coming at this as an engineer and, you know, from a very narrow background into thinking that I could change my life and, and uh, be on a different trajectory into the future. I, my ex, my now ex, um, we were still married and he once again was changing jobs and moving to a different state. And at this point I was really starting to think, I don't think I want to go with this guy. He'd had two DUIs now and things were 
he was continuing to change jobs frequently and I, I was going to have to move yet again and give up my, all my support systems that I had just rebuilt from the last move. And so I was, but, and yet I was still on this, uh, you know, I should, you know, be the good wife and all this stuff. So I was really struggling with the decision whether to stay or go. And I, my dog woke me up in the night. And she never did that. And I thought, all right, she's got to go out. So I get up to take her out and we go outside and it was one of those gigantic low in the sky, full moons of really beautiful, straight outside the door. First thing that hit me in the face. And I don't know how to describe it other than it was like it was talking to me. And the voice that I heard said, you're missing the point. And I was like, what? (laughs) What do you mean? And went on to say, you're missing the point. It's not about what you do. It's, she literally said, it's not about what nice suburb you're going to live in. It's, uh, think about how you want to feel. How do you want to feel? And who do you want to be in this world? It's not, it's not about what you do. And that just set me on a totally different path because I never thought about how I wanted to feel. I never thought that my feelings were that important. I was busy weighing the logic and the pros and the cons and what I should do and what would my mother think and, you know, (laughs) what was best for my kids. And it never occurred to me to think about how I wanted to feel. And so that was a whole different animal. And we went on to have lots of conversations after that. And it occurred in the same way. My dog would get me up in the night. I'd go outside. It didn't matter if it was a full moon or, you know, half moon or what. Um, But we'd get into these conversations. And a lot of it was around self-love, which I didn't understand that concept either. I didn't, it wasn't something I thought about. If I thought about it at all, I thought it was selfish to put your own needs first, right? It's uh, take care of everybody else and do what's expected of you. Be a good employer, uh, employee and a good wife and a good mom and a good daughter and, you know, (laughs) good neighbor, you know, and my needs and my feelings didn't really matter as long as I was fulfilling all those roles for everybody else. And so it, it uh, taught me that you can't pour from an empty cup right? So if you don't have anything left for yourself, you're not going to be good in any of those roles. So it is important to love yourself and put yourself first. But I I just had no concept of that. And it was all baby steps. And that's what I would encourage anybody else to this kind of struggling with this concept. It's, you know, one little thing at a time to do for yourself, light a candle, you know, go for a walk, take a bath, um, say no, <laughs> say no to something you really don't want to do, but you think you should do. Um, so that those are the things I learned from talking to the moon. So having a dog that can boss me around as well. Um, when you went outside to talk with the moon, so your dog woke you up at those different times to go do that. What did your dog do? Just sit there or did they actually need to go out too? And it was like, was yeah. helpful. Yeah, they would they would do their thing. They were like, okay, we're we're out here. We'll you know we'd walk around the neighborhood, and <laughs> I'd be having these conversations in my head with the moon, and they're just doing their dog things. Their dog you know? things. Well, it's happened to me where it's like I I go down. I'm thinking, okay, are you ill? Do you need to go out? Mm. And then you go out, and they go out and they sit down. And I'm thinking, really, <laughs> you couldn't do that upstairs at two thirty in the morning where but, I'm comfortable. But, yeah, but there's another reason to get up and go. 
right? (laughs) Always I trust my little canine buddies for their insights. Absolutely. Well, that's how I got to um, it being the goddess Diana. I was telling this to a friend and she said, well, the fact that you're talking to the moon, you know, I think you're talking to the goddess Diana because she is the goddess of the moon and the fact that she's working through your dog because she's also the goddess of the hunt. And so she has a location with dogs. And so that's that's how I got on that. And it, it was kind of interesting thinking talking to a goddess, you know, or talking to the moon. But uh, I've since come to believe that there are many faces of the divine, right? There are many faces of spirit and however you can connect to that, that resonates with you, whatever works. The important thing is to connect with it. Exactly. Yeah. You know what? I am just like, no pun intended, over the moon that we got to meet. I actually think that um, there's really no coincidences. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we this was on the calendar for a while. And then all of a sudden, when I was prepping for this yesterday, I started getting really excited. I'm thinking, oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I have no reason. I had all the same information a month or so ago. But um, before we go, I want to ask you, you know, for folks who have listened to you today in our conversation, and they're saying, I really really need to connect with Rebecca. What is the best way for people to reach out to you, Rebecca? The best way, I have a website and the name of my website is evolvewithoutlimits.com. So come on there and you can get on, you can send me a message or get on my mailing list. And um, uh, I have an email address, which is Rebecca at evolvewithoutlimits.com. So you can email me directly, go to my website. My books are available on Amazon and they are also available through my website. And you can see there any place where I might be speaking or doing a workshop and I'm working on an online course and that should be available soon as well. So lots going on, lots of things percolating. That is so exciting. And when you get your online course ready to go, reach out to me. Let's chat about that too. Okay. Yeah. I think that would be fun to um, share with folks. Great. Okay. I will do that. Thank you. Okay. You get one shot parting wisdom, one little piece of parting wisdom for everybody. I would say um, you have way more power than you know. You have way more strength than you know. And so know that you can create the life you want and go for it because you are worth it. Mike, drop on that. Everybody, check out the links in this in the show notes for this podcast. We'll have all the different ways to reach out to Rebecca. Please, if you like this interview and you found value from it, please share it with somebody else because that's how people will get to know Rebecca. And frankly, it's how the this podcast gets noticed because this is an entirely labor of love on my end. Mm. And the more people who know it, the more people who can benefit from Rebecca and other people who are sharing their life journey and their wisdom. So please rate and review, share it with another person, because that's how we share the love. And we'll see you on the next episode. You've been listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author, change agent, and strategic vision coach, Sarah Box. You can grab the show notes and find out how to work with Sarah at sarahbox.com forward slash No Labels, No Limits podcast. We'd love this podcast to reach as many people as possible. So please remember to rate, leave a five-star review, and share the podcast with someone you think would get value from this conversation. Until next time, keep taking those daily action steps to align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and life.